This evening on Pot Psychology, a special tribute to Anne Heche. But first, celebrity sightings. Twins. All this and more. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, she's dead. (laughs) Just pick it up at, you know, on Pot Psychology, because all this and more. I think it would work. On pot psychology with your home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know what you were doing. I didn't know where it was gonna go. You like, like, like rose up his microphone from behind. Uh. <laughs> On pot psychology with your hosts, Rich and Tracy. I think we should play the whole passion song. Okay. <laughs> I would hold the hand of the one who could leave me places And kiss the lips of the one who could sing so sweet And I would fly on the wings of a bird I knew it would take me high as breathe in, breathe out You me up alive You are the fire burning inside of me You are my passion for I had a really good celebrity sighting this week. Okay, where was it? Just a brief recap. I've had some amazing ones, such as Drew Barrymore turning a corner with Mm -hmm. whatever stroke she was dating, saying, Pill Popper. Yeah. And then also (laughs) Lori and now George. That's the best one I've ever, ever heard. Conjoined twins that had their own, what was it? Was it A&E or was it um, It Discovery Health or something? No, it was A&E. It was, it was an a two-hour documentary. I guess documentary. it was British, probably, like it, in origin. Oh. It's a very much like, if it wasn't it a British seems, one, they've shown that on British TV. It seems very British, and it's like complete, just, you know, not really softening it, <laughs> just like giving it to you. Yes, and Tracy was into this in college, and I saw these conjoined twins in the Times Square and McDonald's because they were in town for the Ripley's, believe it or not. Wait, but first we have to describe why they're kind of amazing. Amazing is because they're conjoined twins. twins, But yes, but beyond that, it's not like Brittany and Abby. Yeah, I'd be excited to see them. uh, Yes, then they would rank very high for me. They're kind of basic as far as conjoined twins go. I don't really know that you could say that, but okay. In that in that realm, they're basic to me. In the realm of the extraordinary. Yeah. They're okay. like, they're, basic, they're, they're, they're not basically ext- extraordinary. They're not extraordinary. They're, 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 you don't think they're that- not ordinary, but they're not extraordinary. I think they're like less, conjoined twins. less ordinary. They're less ordinary. Well, they're conjoined twins with a reality show. I don't know. There's not many like them. In fact, they're no, the only conjoined twins I'm ever only to have comparing a reality them show, to- at least in America. I'm only comparing them. I I get that you like them. I understand that people <laughs> consider them superstars. For do me, they, it's like, super it sounds stars. like you do. <laughs> They're not superstars. <laughs> they have their own show. <laughs> anyway, Lori and Reba. Lori and I'm Reba. Sorry, George. George started as Dory, then became Reba, then became George. During George's Reba phase, George then Reba had dyed her hair. His hair, their, their hair, hair, red. Um, it seemed and like wanted to kick off a country music career, a la Reba McIntyre. I feel like at that point they were trans Reba. 
they were becoming Reba. They only Their sang Reba songs. Was Reba, like yeah. that, like the guy, the person Yimin. who's Jimin. who's yeah, <laughs> whose pronoun is Jimin. All right, um, we got so off track. What were we talking about? Oh, my my we, most recent. But yes, why why they're and George? Why are, they're extraordinary is because one of them had spina bifida. George and. They are conjoined at the eye, mm-hmm. at, but face at the face to face. So they actually have never really seen each other face to face because they just are built that way. I'm sure modern technology can take care of a lot of their like mirrors or whatever. Or is just it always... phones. They can FaceTime each other. But is that like the same? No, it's not the same, but it's a, a way of getting there. I guess they don't know any different. So because George has spina bifida, Lori pushes George around on like an elevated it's it's a bar stool i believe it's a bar stool it's not like a it's not like a hospital type chair it's very mobile wheelie kind yeah. of thing yeah so there so yes yeah, so they were there with all of that you know in a mcdonald's incredible so then i walked by this very short girl who looked like punky new york and she had like kind of faded orange dyed hair and a <gasps> septum ring and I was like, Can wait, I guess? the face, the face. Sure. Was it Jojo Siwa? No. Oh. No, Jojo Siwa <laughs> would have been like mobbed. This was, <laughs> it was the sister from Hereditary. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, Can you imagine? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that would well, have really stuck with me. you know she's a twin me. though. I didn't. Maybe that was her twin. They, wow, um, speaking of twins. They're, <laughs> just twins. Twins, <laughs> yeah. Not conjoined. No, just twins. Yeah. Two of my top three celebrity sightings have been twins. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess four, top four, because Reba you and saw get... Willem Dafoe pee next to you, right? You know, who peed next to you? Yeah, but that was like at a junket thing. So it wasn't like, you it was a press day. You still were peeing you know? next to him. Yeah. That's and a, I also saw something. Colin Quinn walking around. Colin Quinn was walking around the West Village <laughs> with a fountain soda and there was so much soda in it that it was pooled on top and he was kind of <laughs> balancing it. <laughs> what a weird image. What Like, sip your soda, uh, Colin Quinn. He, does he have a podcast? Probably. He's Let's like on the right up. side of history. Is he? I Colin don't know. Quinn? I remember like he's definitely said progressive things. I don't know how his record is, frankly. So don't quote me on that. Okay, wait, hold on. I'm just going to see if he has any controversies. <laughs> his one man show, personal life. Oh, he he practices transcendental meditation. Okay, David Lynch. Oh, he does too. Mm, yeah, he's super into it. That's oh. where like he gets his ideas. Mm, you know? I never I don't like his ideas. I mean, fair. I like David Lynch, but I understand not having the patience for him. Certainly. Yeah. You know, no. I like when things have answers, or at least something of an answer, or something. <laughs> I like when things have some sort of it. It, it ties up a little bit. Yeah, sometimes he ties up more than others. There's definitely ones that just are like, okay, why? Yeah, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I like the kind of abstraction of Mulholland Drive. I think it works in that movie, which has like a lot of literal shit in it, you know? And sometimes it's just about kind of being in that moment, you know? Well, okay. It's just a different way of kind of thinking about we- life. The Hereditary Girl. Colin Quinn. No, what were you just talking about? David Lynch. (laughs) (laughs) I also took an edible. Okay. It hadn't kicked in yet. Okay. Now it did. Oh, yeah. What do you have 
do you have anything? Yes, I would like to memorialize Anne Hayes. I would love that because uh, what a sad thing that happened. What a sad ending. And did you see the video? I didn't see the video, no. I guess they were filming it live. They didn't know it was her. It was just like a big, bad, horrible accident that happened in L.A. You know how they all they have like they're like helicopter camera people for the news. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so they were like they zoomed in on it and they're like, oh, they're pulling someone from the wreck. It was hurt. She had no shirt on. It it burned off her body. It didn't seem like she had any hair like they had a sheet over her face. But right as uh, they were about to put her in the ambulance, she shot up and started like flailing. Wow. That that actually kind of horrified me. Like that actually really, it was like really scary. Was there a sense of why? Because she uh, could have been suicide, right? It could have been. That's that's one of the working theories. She was high too, right? Well, they don't know. They said that she tested positive for cocaine and and fentanyl, but they also gave her a ton of Mm painkillers in the hospital because of, you know, her, her body was burnt. Her skin was burned off. Probably not cocaine though. No, but cocaine, does that really cause you to like get in multiple crashes in a row? Like right away? I mean, unless you smoked crack. Yeah, unless you smoked crack. Sometimes it affects people badly. I've heard of bad car accidents from cocaine, but I I would assume it was also mixed with other stuff. She has a history of car controversies. Okay. I don't know if you remember this. So when she and Alan, you might not remember it because it was like right around September 11th. Mm. It was either like, the year before or like the months after. I think this came out in 2001, actually. This is her. This is. Oh, so Anne Hage published a memoir. Memoir. And um, <laughs> it's called Call Me Crazy. <laughs> it doesn't even have a subtitle. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> it's a provocation. And it came out in 2001. Okay. So it might be wiped out from like other memories that you had. But I know in like. I think in August of 2000. Wow, sure. It came out in September 2001. Yeah. Okay. So that's why it may have gone under your radar. Um, I was all over well, it. I mean, I remember that book. No, no, no. Um, you want, oh, the people the, that we're the, talking the to. The car controversy. Oh, the car controversy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, apparently she had broken up with Ellen and this was like all within like a couple days of each other. She okay. broke up with Ellen. Ellen's mom tried to get in between and tried to like contact Anne. Then Anne allegedly, I don't know, uh, it's it was reported on ABC News. Oh, no, it was reported on radar. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. when Haish made it clear she was not interested in getting back together, they got into a tearful argument and Haish sped off at 8.30 a.m. in a black Toyota Land Cruiser. I okay. mean, that's very... That's like around the time, wasn't she? It was early in the day when she crashed her car. The, the this last that time led to her death. Yeah, I'm not sure. It was definitely it was daylight when they pulled her out of the wreck. Mm-hmm. It was you know, Cage then headed for a woman's music festival featuring singer Lisa Loeb, <laughs> featuring singer Lisa Loeb, at the ten. <laughs> Tanya Lodge. Hey, that's a little on the nose. <laughs> After a lesbian fight, head to the women's music festival. I mean, come At on. At Yosemite okay. <laughs> National Park. She was doing her best, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure countless lesbians have done that, or you know, even women who are just. I could see myself doing it. Okay. I mean, I love Lisa Loeb. That one song. <laughs> I would love to hear that song live. I would go to Atlantic City if she played at AC. I would go. Right. Just now, to hear that. Yeah. Lisa Loeb. Yeah. 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 Lisa Loeb in this day and age. 
I think you gotta sit through a whole Lisa Lube show. No offense to Lisa Lube. Well, I'm just... not getting there when it first starts. <laughs> you know? Find out you can find out where that comes in the set. What what are her any other her, of her songs? Well, the single from her album is called Do You Sleep? Wait, was there's also that song that was like I do, right? You can't feel it, but I do. There, she had a video where she's, she's wearing a like, wedding dress, she's right? A little, she's like a little version of her inside a big version of her, right? What? It's like, oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> it's like graphic intense. Lisa Loeb? Yeah, Whoa. I do. Yeah, it was actually kind of slick for Lisa Loeb. Anyway. Okay, so um, Heish, she was the last they, they knew she was headed up there. She was later found trembling, filthy, and sweaty on the doorstep of Felipe Campos's home in the central California town of Cantua Creek, a hundred miles away. She looked dazed and lost and asked us to help her. They told Star at the time. She said she didn't know where she was. She was only partly dressed. We took her inside and my children gave her a t-shirt to wear. She was very dehydrated. She kept saying over and over and over that she needed help. Campes said it was only when his daughter saw Haish and recognized the woman from her movies mm. that they realized they had a superstar in their home. Mm. He called the local police who raced to the scene. They found her dazed, dirty, and babbling. She was only wearing a bra and skimpy shorts, and she was very disoriented and distressed. Wow. Uh, paramedics Do you rushed. I remember this now yeah. that you're saying it. So she had a Barbara Walters special. After that? Yeah. Do you rewatch it? And that, what I kind of want us to watch it together. Well, I don't re-watch think we should watch the whole thing. But you don't have to watch the whole thing. It's not. Oh, is it? It's like a short interview, right? We can find. You said special? Maybe it was just she was on her People of the Year. You know, she has that hot list, or she used to. <laughs> it was just like 10 interesting things. It's kind of like the undies. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah, no, totally. Um, no, and sometimes some of her picks were a little bit like, you know, risky. Yeah. Barbara might surprise yeah. you with a pick. <laughs> <laughs> I like that about her. Me too. It's a good, it's a good way to I think it. she was a good journalist, actually. Yeah, I liked her interviews. I mean, she's she said on... some, she asked some ridiculous questions from time to time. Yeah, but... but you know, the, the Harvey Firestein thing, sometimes she would ask ridiculous questions for effect, which is something that, like, a lot of people don't realize. Uh, you know, there's a kind of, like, uh, genre of Twitter gripe of, like, the journalist asks a question like that. Don't ask questions like that. Blah, blah, blah. But it's, like, so yeah. often these things provoke interesting answers and, and it shows you who the telling. people really are it's exactly like telling. the titus Bur- like remember when andy cohen asked titus burgess about working with eddie murphy now if you'll remember in the beginning of raw it opens with a 10 minute rant about faggots so you mm. understand how somebody of of andy cohen's generation specifically would have been affected by that yeah and titus burgess was all like wouldn't answer it now eddie murphy did apologize for that in the 90s sure mm-hmm. But to me, that's a totally valid question because there's a difference between apologizing and there's a difference between living it. And mm-hmm. hey, 20 years plus on, where is he at? What's his status? And and Titus Burgess essentially shut that down and was like, you know, that's not what this show is for, which is like, it's his show. He can say what it's for. I, I always heard that he was in the glass closet with Arsenio. I mean, people said that, but I don't think that's true. I think, he, I think for him, a hole is a hole. I mean, maybe that's think, a hole in a hole, but that's not yeah. like, yeah. No, but I, mean, I, I think that he wanted that closeted. part of him to not be known. The way that people talked about it back in the day, though, was that he was like gay. You know, I think a lot of those gay rumors probably are attached to much more nuanced sexuality because it just wasn't spoken about I, in a nuanced way. I think that it wasn't that he liked to sleep with men. I think that he liked to sleep with 
trans women. Yeah, but he, many people would consider that heterosexual. I mean, really? it is. Well, women are women, you know, trans women are women. It's kind of queer. A, a lot of people would disagree with that. Really? That it's queer? I, I think it's like straight plus in a way. You know, I think of straightness as being so narrow. I just think of straight as like anything that's not queer. <laughs> uh, well, I mean. <laughs> um, wait, but we're really, really, really off okay. topic because I wanted to read to you what her encounter with this family was like from her perspective because she writes about it mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's like toward the end of the book mm -hmm. the book is like a lot about it's a lot about her being in therapy and it it cuts back and forth in time it jumps all around in time so wait when did that happen though the 2000. car controversy 2000 so right the book before, comes out okay right the, before the book is written and turned in yeah got it and it i bet it got her this deal because, you know, she had just, it was a big thing. She had a melt. They were calling it a meltdown. I remember this story now that you yeah. mention it. The headline do, on ABC I News. It, and I think you're absolutely right. That kind of like other stuff. Well, obviously got in the way. This is from ABC News. Uh, the headline is explanations offered for Haish breakup, comma, meltdown. Mm -hmm. And Haish's reps still have no comment about the actress's weekend meltdown. You'd think that a statement blaming exhaustion or dehydration would have been issued by now, but one person is offering an explanation for Haish's odd behavior. According to Mark Berg, who is producing John Q, which stars Denzel Washington and Anne Haish, the actress is doing just fine, save for a sunburn. He also says that sunstroke, not a drug, not a drug spree, is to blame for her outlandish oh, statements I remember this as in well. disorientation. <laughs> Um, her back and shoulders look like a tomato. While he was at it, Berg also took the chance to plug Denzel Washington's performance in John Q as Oscar worthy. Okay. Just planting that seed. Just planting that seed. Also, like, was it, did Anne H top line this movie? Yeah. Opposite of. Yeah. That's huge. She I didn't realize that she was like. Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember, I remember her, she was in Psycho and that was a huge deal, even though that movie kind of flopped. It was, there was a lot of attention. Yeah. On it. it was a great casting. Too. Yeah, it was. She was good. Yeah. She was in the, the one with. Harrison Ford. That was a huge, yeah, like, well, romantic comedy. Yeah. What was that called? Like, Days and Nights or something? Six Days, Seven Nights, something like that? Six Days, Seven Nights. Yeah. I went and saw that in the theater. It was a big deal um, because she'd already come out as being Ellen's girlfriend but right before that came out. Well, you, did you see that thing that circulated that, um, wow, what, what action movie was she in? Was she, she wasn't in a Jurassic Park, was she? In Volcano. Volcano. They told her not to bring Ellen, and she did it anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, props. She writes about that. Good for her. She explains what her mental state was during all of this, which is what this book is and why her mental state is like that. Spoiler alert. She was molested by her dad. She said her dad had sex with her. She found that out in therapy, though, so through flashbacks. Um, her dad also was gay. Right. He died I of AIDS. Hearing that story. And he was very good. She talks a lot yeah. about how he was like really good friends with uh, Brooke Shields' mom. Okay. All right. <laughs> so it was like that. Right. You know, and like partying, going to Studio 54. Right. And Anne Heche was like upset that he would spend all this time with Brooke Shields and not with her. Yikes. And their family. But then she writes a lot very graphically about the molestation stuff. Mm. Um, but anyway, I want to uh, read what she wrote about meeting these people. Hello? Hello? Is anybody there? Hello? I was standing in the backyard of a tiny farmhouse in the middle of a dirt field. In fact, 
There were dirt fields surrounding the house. Dirt as far as the eye could see. I had been walking for about an hour, maybe two, in the dirt, and my feet were extraordinarily dirty, not to mention my white cotton pants. I was also parched. You see, it was very hot, as I said before, maybe upwards of 105 by now. I thought I could keep walking in the dirt to my spaceship, but the ship was nowhere in sight, only the little house. Does she does she write about leading up to this or does she just start this story here? This story, I'm pretty sure, starts here. So she's in a fugue state. We open and she's been walking for two hours. Like, why? Where did she park? All of that stuff. Is that just not told? We just open with her? Yeah. No, I mean, it's not opening the book. It's like kind of no, no, toward no, no. the I'm back. T- but I'm talking about this particular story. Like, yes. We have no idea what led up to it. We, we assume a blackout. And when she came to, she's been walking for two hours. Unless she says it later, what it is. I don't okay. know. I didn't get to reread this whole book. Sure, sure. And I read it like 20 something years ago. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like it. It's, okay. It, she jumps around in time a lot. That's why I can't say for sure. Okay. But the parts that are in Fresno that describe this whole thing, like it says Fresno. And, you mm. know, Ellen, she only speaks glowingly of her really in this whole thing. Wow. And they weren't together anymore. But I feel like maybe she wanted to get back with her. Mm. That's how I feel. Mm. I don't know. I would have liked to know an updated version. I mean, this is too not, this isn't far out enough from a relationship to really grasp. Yeah, to digest it and like digest you know, it and dissect it. Exactly. Yep. Probably eat it and shit it out. <laughs> <laughs> she hadn't um, yet passed it. <laughs> I took everything as a sign as I had the whole day, and I figured I was getting another message that my time here on Earth wasn't quite over. I needed, perhaps, to make just one more stop. So, like, she may have thought that she would, you know, she believed that she had a direct line to God, and she had been pretending she wasn't crazy. Like, that's what she says leading up to this, but this had been going on for, like, four years by this point. So since, like, 96, she thought she could hear God and speak to God directly. Was she holding on to these beliefs when she wrote the book or had she kind of like come to her senses and then wrote about that? Like, how does she cast her special powers in the book? Does she still have them or is she like, wow, I used to believe that and now I don't? I think that it's just like she's like, I'm just mentally ill. Okay. And, you know, it like one of the, the chapters like deals with like just when an episode starts and she's like. Okay. The best thing about going crazy is you never know when it's going to happen. Okay. So you can't prepare yourself or be scared of it. You can be casually walking down the street one day and whammo, it happens just like that. You're on the ground on all fours, straddling the curb of a Manhattan sidewalk in front of Ray's pizza parlor. You don't know what hit you. You look around for some sort of explanation, a bicyclist picking up their bike, a man gathering his briefcase, a woman dusting herself off, but there is nothing. There's only you the curb and a very strong premonition that God is talking to you. That's right. God is talking to you. You don't know if anyone else is hearing it, but from the continuous hustle and bustle, you gather that no one else is. You try to collect your legs from under your body and pretend you didn't fall face first into the ground. Hello? Hello? You might call out while checking for broken bones. God, what the fuck was that? And like nothing you've ever imagined, God answered back. Yes, Anne? What? You asked, what the fuck? God, is that you? Yes, it's true. You search the skies for land for loudspeakers and see none. Jesus, I must be crazy. No, but you are Jesus. 
Now you even now you get even more concerned about your mental health than the moment before. Oh God. That's right, Jesus, God, and that's what you are. And Jesus, God. So This is pretty abstract. I'm I'm surprised that she made this into print. I feel like it would be cleared up today. This comes after. So she's like coming to the real is like she starts like, you know, fessing up and explaining or confessing that she had been like thinking that she was like having these conversations with God who wanted to call to call her Celestia. But God was with aliens too. So this was a God of multi multi-planetary God. Cause seems that's like my it. question for God. Like how, what's your jurisdiction? It you seems I mean? like it. There has to be a higher level of organization. You know? Thank you. Thank you so much. I drank the glass in one gulp and wiped my lips. Wait, what, what's happening? That she was walking forever and then came upon this oh, okay. farmhouse. So it's the, okay, this is where we are. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I thought she was in the spaceship or something. She thought she saw the spaceship, but it was just this farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. She went up to As it. As it happens, I guess. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I drank the glass in one gulp and wiped my lips. I guess you're wondering what I'm doing standing in your kitchen half-dressed in my bra like this. I didn't expect to see anybody, and with the heat, I thought it would be more comfortable to walk without my shirt. I'm sorry for my appearance. I feel like these explanations are just like trying to explain why why she was dirty. Why like there's a perfectly good explanation for it, but then also because I'm crazy. But like, but also that this is so dialogue heavy, and she's in the middle of an episode makes me question. Yeah, totally, and especially because they, by all accounts that we've read so far, they said she's babbling. Right, right. But maybe she was babbling these words. Maybe her making sense of it. Yeah. She said, do you by any chance have a piece of paper and pencil or pen that I could borrow? I left my car way back on the road and I need to let people know where it is so they can find it once I'm gone. As she got me the paper and pen, she asked, where are you going? To heaven, I said matter of factly. My spaceship is going to land out here somewhere. I figured just outside the window. That field over there, I think. I pointed through the torn flowered curtains to the field that I had walked across to get to the house. Heaven? she asked. Heaven, I said. You want to come? She looked at her brother, and he looked at her. I can take anybody I want. The ship is big enough for everybody, everybody in the whole world. But why are you going to heaven? It was a smart enough question. Because I want to live in a world of love. I've tried it here for too long, and now I'm ready to go home. In heaven, there is only love. There is no hardship and no pain and no war and no poverty. No poverty sounded appealing, I could tell. Heaven, like in the sky, she asked. Like in the sky, I confirmed. You want to come? The ship will be here in about an hour. She and her brother confirmed that they would like to come to a place of love and peace. But I need to take a shower first. Do you mind if I use your shower? I was feeling faint and perhaps had a little sunstroke from the walk. You are a bit dirty, she said. Yes, I agreed. And she led me toward the washroom. I'm glad you're coming, I said. There's going to be quite a celebration when we arrive. It's a very bizarre book. Mm -hmm. Like the tone of it, it's like writing this out and saying, call me crazy. Like she knows it's crazy, but you still get the sense that she believes a lot of the stuff. I don't know. I just feel like maybe this is the kind of episode that she had when she crashed. Yeah, we don't know. What do we know about her mental health in the 20 years since this book? All I really know is that she she did work pretty solidly on smaller things, you know, mm-hmm. bit parts here and there. Mm-hmm. She always kind of was able to get work. She was with an actor who she had her son with, and they were together for like 10 years. They broke mm-hmm. up in 2018. 
people were very nice about her on Twitter, and I liked I, seeing that. Me too, because it's cool that she was like remembered for not just this, you know, yeah. not the controversy, but actually the work. All right, she was, and I know what you did last summer. That's right, she's like the. <laughs> like kind of backwoods yeah. shady sister of the possible yeah. murderer <laughs> she always like kind of got work for herself <laughs> you know everything aside but all right here's like something nice about like her delusions she's talking about when she was having these delusions when she was working on wag the dog right which is that um barry uh levinson movie it's like robert dustin de niro hoffman. dustin hoffman not a day went by on that set Without me thanking my lucky stars. Which set? Uh, Wag the dog. Wag the dog. I learned more about politics and acting and directing in those six weeks than I have in my entire career. I gained confidence in my work that I hadn't had before and thought that with Celestia on my side, I just might attain my goals. Pretending that she didn't exist didn't make her go away, but she was always patient when I tried. I would sometimes play little games with myself and not talk to her for a couple of days and then, like I was sneaking around a corner, I'd say, you there? Duh, of course she was. Where do you think I went? I'm you. We'd have a giggle about that whole thing and get back to the lasagna and, and, and get back to the lessons. Mm. But she says the main thing I was taught and would write about was love. People are so confused over love and loving themselves and others. People are mean to each other and tease each other and discriminate against each other for no good reason. Power and greed and money are things that get in the way of love. In the fourth dimension, which is where Celestia was from, there was no hatred. Everyone was equal there. There was no color, no race, and no creed distinction. In fact, there was no gender distinction. It was a world of gods where everyone was everything that they wanted to be. There was complete acceptance and understanding there. I was going to bring the message from the fourth dimension to this world. And I thought it sounded nice. Sure. <laughs> like, it wasn't like a dark dream, but honestly, if someone was covered in dirt and came to my house in their bra and was like, do you want to go to heaven with me? I would be terrified. <laughs> I would think that they wanted to kill me. Oh, well, and then imagine it was Anne H. Uh, that, I mean, all of this would have just, they, it would have been on the internet, you know, like the whole thing. Oh the yeah, video, there would have been like TikToks of it. Oh of it. yeah. And I just want to see, like watch her like little Anne H. Barbara Walters. It ran September 5th. 2001 yeah i was this was what i was into at the moment i wasn't working life was still good <laughs> so this is what i was doing the friday before september 11th wow an extraordinary story unfolds of abuse tragedy and insanity i stood at the top of the staircase my breath was silent as i inhaled closed my eyes held out my arms and leapt and are you crazy I'm not crazy now. I lived a crazy life. I was raised in a crazy family, and it took me 31 years to get the crazy out of me. You wrote in your book that you were insane. Those are your words. Mm -hmm. Insane. Insane! Like, when someone is like, I was crazy for my entire life until about a year ago. Like, that to me sounds crazier than being crazy. You know? For 31 years, you're 32 now. I had another personality. I had a fantasy world that I escaped to. I called my other personality Celestia. I called the other world that I created for myself the fourth dimension. I believed I was from that world. I believed I was from another planet. 
I think I was insane. We had just begun our interview, the first time Anne has talked about her life when she was overcome with emotion. Okay. Take she gets up and she's just out like of the chair. She's kind hovering. of holding on. She's holding on to the to the to the armrest as it exists on this chair, kind of, and she's slumped over. Yeah. And we don't know why, right? Because she got emotional, and so she's trying to hide the emotion, which it's a quite a display a, for. Performance, yeah. <laughs> All right. You want some water? Can we start with your childhood? Yeah. <laughs> oh we do it together. God. Okay. Jeez. This is great. This is I mean, unflappable. It's a lovely picture. All of these smiling, attractive people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She's a fucking pro. She pulled that shit together. Perfect American family. Deeply religious, four blonde-haired, blue-eyed children, a smiling mother, and a father in charge of the church choir. When you look at this, what do you see? A bunch of lies. That family is a lying family. The image was far from the reality. Don H., the choir director, was, according to Anne, an abusive father, chronically unemployed and leading a bizarre double life. At that time, my father had AIDS. We were uh, almost homeless. About a month before we became homeless, we took that picture. We were a disaster. How can a mother not know that her child, her young baby girl, is being raped by her husband? How can a mother not know? When does a mother break the rules? Any abuse is horrifying, but this was something very different. You talk about it in your book. Can you talk about it now? Sure. I, I can tell you what I know. Okay. I believe I was sexually abused by my father from the time I was a very young girl, actually before I could speak, up until the time I was 12. How did he abuse you? In my memory, yes. he raped me. He stuck his in my mouth. He fondled me. I had herpes from the time I was a very young girl. Because he was entering your mouth? Yes, that's my belief. I remember being six years old and saying, Mommy, what's on my face? You had a rash. I had sores. I had welts on my nose and on my lips. When you talk about your father abusing you, you say, in my memory, does that mean that there's a possibility that it didn't happen? I think it's always hard for children to talk about abuse because it is only memory. But I didn't carry around a tape recorder. I didn't chisel anything in stone. And I think that's part of why people don't talk about abuse, because anybody can look and say, well, how do you know for sure? And it's one of the most painful things about it. You don't. I really that was like candid. that. Yeah. When you were 10 and your father had no money and you were kicked out of the final home because there were many homes that uh, your family lived in. Right. We got home from school. We had been boarded out of our last house. We had yellow tape on the door saying, keep out, no admittance. And we were homeless. The H family spent two years living with neighbors. Finally, Anne's mother threw her father out. Free of his wife and children, Don H moved to New York. The family was shocked when 
they realized that their church-going father was wildly, flamboyantly gay. Okay. Also, the footage is like, it's not stock footage. It looks shot, but it's shot at a gay bar. And it's it's, no, like, it's like, but is it guys a gay, in tank tops? But is that a roller rink? Roller they, rink, maybe? Are they roller skating in tank tops? Yep. Sometimes we would be walking arm in arm and he would collapse on the curb, unable to get a breath. He would promise me that nothing was wrong and then he'd disappear for hours at a time. Dad died on March 4th, 1983. He was one of the first cases of AIDS diagnosed in the United States. Flamboyantly gay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, she got her started in another world. Did you know that? Didn't know that. You did? Yeah. She was on it for a while. Yeah. Do you remember seeing her on it? Did you watch? I know Another World wasn't my thing. I watched oh. All My Children and General Hospital. Oh, okay. And you were NBC. I was like an NBC family all the way. Oh, we were ABC. Hmm. Santa Barbara was a real... I, that was the soap opera I was into the most, for sure. <laughs> so a few weeks ago, after Candace Cameron and JoJo Siwa were feuding, Tracy put out a call on her Instagram to... Uh, to see if anybody had Candace Cameron stories, Candace so, Cameron. Have Burr. you ever met her? Have you ever met her? Yeah. And people responded. A lot of people responded. So we'll read some of those on the bonus. And, um, you know, patreon.com slash pot psychology. Ooh, also we, um, did a very special wawu a couple weeks ago where we did don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Right. And, um, it's real long. If you want to hear us talk about that movie for like over an hour, <laughs> People seem to like it. Yeah, they did like it. That's why I'm, I'm letting everyone know here. It was a, I wish we, you know, what does that tell us in terms of like teen movies of the 90s we should be talking about? I don't know. That's also just like a special movie. We could actually just do like cult classics. Like we could talk about showgirls, you know? We could do anything we want. This is we our could, podcast. Exactly. We could talk <laughs> about showgirls. <laughs> they could have had anyone. They could have had Latoya. Paula Abdul. <laughs> Except he says Paula Abdul weird, right? He's like, Paula Abdul. <laughs> Is it Paula Abdul? Yeah, maybe. It's maybe Paula Abdul. Uh, anyway, so patreon.com slash pot psychology. Also, if you do like Don't Mom the Babysitter's Dead, um, I sell GAW uh, corporate mugs. Mm -hmm. They're great. It's brilliant. Pipedreams.fun. You actually do a lot of, you've done a lot of industrial kind of, paraphernalia like yeah. merch kind of stuff yeah, from shady movies pines. that don't have it shady pines the wilderness girls yeah uh did you do alien no what i was going to though um big business big i did big business i did working girl baby trask boom? industries oh i should do baby boom well thanks for the ideas rich that's what i'm here <laughs> available for. at pipedreams.fun <laughs> and goodbye thanks bye
Try to get